Today we're going to cover transitions. Transitions are everywhere. You can't get through a dressage test without doing a transition. So let's explore transitions. Let's explore how to make them good, how to get better marks for them in our dressage tests, and how to get them smooth, calm, beautiful looking and beautiful happening. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Your Riding Success Podcast. My name is Natasha Althoff and I'm a Grand Prix dressage rider from Australia, author of three books and a leading online trainer of riders all around the world wanting to take their riding to the next level. I'm also a chocoholic, mother of two amazing children and obsessed with helping riders be all they can be. Each week, I'm going to be bringing you stories of inspiration, ideas and strategies of how to make real progress in your riding and give you actionable advice on overcoming riding fear and anxiety so you can take your riding to the next level and be the rider you dream to be. So let's get into today's episode. Transitions. Can't get away from them. Can't get into a dressage test and go, I'm an expert dressage rider and I'm going to do the best dressage test ever as long as I don't have to do transitions. The transitions will be there. And first, you have to start to realise that transitions are not something to be scared of or something to worry about or something that's um, annoying. It's a test to see how well you've got the horse. If you have the horse completely through, if you have the horse completely connected, if you have the hind leg active, if you have your contact well, if you have your seat well, if you've plugged in your seat bones and your seat can influence the horse, transitions are a piece of cake. So not the transition that you're having trouble with. You're having trouble with your basics. You're having trouble with contact. You're having trouble with throughness. You're having trouble with activity. And when you fix all of that, you'll get the correct transition. Now, most people don't look at it like that. They go, just help me with the transition. So if I'm going to help someone with the transition, I'm never going to look at the transition and I'm always going to work on the stuff that we do before. Then I, I do really love working with, with let's say, a trot canter transition because there's lots of things that can go wrong. Okay, so when you go walk trot transition, what can go wrong? Either the horse doesn't trot or the horse like puts its head up and kind of jumps into the trot. There's only a couple of things that can go wrong. But trot canter, not only do we have to get the horse from trot into canter, but we also need to get the horse um, on the correct lead, which can be a whole other thing. So, yes, uh, and it's that normal complication of not only do I have to get into canter, but I have to get the correct lead that can play with our minds and get a little bit more complicated than, let's say, a walk to trot transition. So we're going to focus a little bit more on the trot to canter transition today. And the thing that you first have to remember is for the horse to do a correct canter transition, it can't, or the correct lead, uh, it can't have too much weight on the inside shoulder, okay? If the horse is falling in, it's never going to do the correct canter lead. And that might sound simple, but I hope for some of you, you've gone, what? What? I never knew that. Hopefully, it's like I learned in um, on Facebook that there's a there's a little hole in your saucepan um, handle. On your saucepan handle, there's a hole in it, and I just thought I never even registered or thought. I never sat there going, I wonder what that hole's for. But when you realise what that hole's for, it's actually to put your spoon there, so you don't put it on next to the stove and make a big tomatoey mess. Who knew? So I'm sitting there going, life changed forever. So hopefully, where I've said your horse cannot canter on the correct lead if it's falling in and falling on that inside shoulder and heavy on that inside shoulder. Um, hopefully, for some of you, you've gone, 
I didn't know that. Because I know that was me. I was going around, my horse was falling in, doing that motorbike thing, and I'd be like, just canter, just canter on the correct lead. And I didn't understand why he wasn't cantering on the correct lead. No one ever told me. So hopefully that's the first thing. Then comes the trickier bit. Okay, that's great, but he is going around like a motorbike, and he is falling in, and he is doing that. How the hell do I stop him doing that? That would be our second thing. All right, so, and how do you know it is? Well, you should be able to feel, it feels like you're on a motorbike. It feels like you're getting closer to the ground on that side. And it feels like, um, yeah, that the horse, like you're thinking you're going this way, but the horse is kind of falling in this way. It's really important. That's why I say like plan your circle. Plan where you think the circle's going. So if it falls in and you're suddenly doing an 18 meter circle when you plan to do a 20, that means your horse is falling in. That means there's too much weight on the inside shoulder. So how do we do it? It's really, really basic. Okay, so we've got the horse falling in. What we need to do is get the weight over there. How are we gonna get the weight over there? What tools do we have? What aids do we have that could do that? So the tools and the aids are, we have an inside leg. And what we're gonna do with that inside leg is push it onto the horse and ask the horse to move everything over to there. Now we could ask the horse to leg yield. So we could actually say, I want your legs to go over there. And with a young horse, that's probably what I would do. With an older, more experienced horse, you can just put your leg on and say, move your weight. So I can move my legs and actually come out, or I can just curve. I can just go from loading up here to loading up here yeah and that's what we do like in a flying change I don't have time to be leg yielding left and leg yielding right if I've got to do four time three time two time or one time ten piece but I might go oh there's a bit of a block move this oh there's a bit of a block move that or do whatever I need to do in the ribs and move the horse wherever the blockage is to make sure it's soft for the new hind leg to jump through wherever we want to canter if we want to canter left or canter right um, feel if the horse is falling in. I, like, does it feel like bend? No, it feels like your horse is a bit drunk. You know, when you're walking with someone drunk and they're like, ah, ah, or wherever they are, it's literally someone falling onto one shoulder or falling onto the next. And they literally, if you're going in a straight line, the straight line moves either left or the straight line moves near moves to the right. It's such a good exercise. Like I do it on all the old experienced horses, all the Grand Prix horses. I'll ride a straight line and go, what do I feel? And I'll feel slightly this or slightly that. You might not see it in the mirror, but you will feel it. You'll feel a filling up on one side, but not the other. And you want to feel even. You want to feel that both sides are even. So that's our first thing with the transition. So the transition trot to canter, I always go, the first thing is the trot has to be good. If you are trotting like a jog, you know how sometimes I say, bring the trot down to a nothing trot, to a pathetic trot, to a trot you would never ever show anybody and a trot you would never ever use for a test. But if you're learning sitting trot, that's the trot you want to know, you want to sit on. Um, and then if you, um, are feeling that it's, it's, it's an active trot, it's a forward trot, because especially on a young horse, a horse can go into canter from a bigger trot more than a smaller trot more easily. So you want to really pump that trot, boom, 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 
and have it booming. Then you want to make sure it's round because obviously you want to do a round trot to canter transition. So you're going to ask for the horse to be really through. Ask the horse to be really round. You know, play with the lower fingers. Play with your hands over the bit. Play that mouth away. Um, close your legs. Have that whole connection piece going on. And then you're going to, I like to sit trot even on a really young horse so I can feel when the right moment is. And then I can um, use my inside seat bone as my scooping aid. So you know when you're on a swing and you scoop with your bum or your seat bones to get the swing to move? That's the feeling into an inside uh, in, with your inside seat bone for and a canter transition to the inside. So um, you're going to do that, and then you are going to um, so you've got the horse round, you've got the trot forward, you're going to have you apply your seat aid, and then you're going to be ready to bail. So either two things are going to happen: your horse is going to canter instantly, and it's going to be beautiful. Your horse is going to trot one step and put its head up. If he does, you're going to bail out of the canter transition, get the horse round, and try again. Or the horse is going to to speed up and trot if it does that you're going to bring the horse back try again soft to me is um like if the horse has its head up he's not soft he's resisting the bit you're going to feel weight in your hands because he's up there like that um and so we want the horse to be round but we don't want the horse to be heavy we want him to be round but soft which means that he's giving with his back he's got a soft back he's he's letting you in he's got his hind legs active all that kind of stuff so normally when in a normal dressage test, if we're cantering, um, we want the horse to canter um, with its, uh, so what you're going to see when you look down is when you tell your horse to canter, you're going to look down and at its shoulders. The same thing um, when you're learning, uh, when you're looking if you're on the correct diagonal or not. So when you're on the correct diagonal, you want to see what? When you're up in the air, which shoulder do you want to see coming more forward? You So that same premise of when I look down and I see that one shoulder's going forward and then I see the other shoulder going forward, it's the same with the canter. You want to see that inside shoulder going more forward. Otherwise, if you see the outside shoulder going more forward, you have the wrong canter lead. So that's, and I shouldn't say the wrong, it's just the... Um, what, what would you call it? <laughs> so normally um, in a dressage test, it'll say between um, A and F, canter left, which means they want the left lead um, and they want the left shoulder going more forward. Then when you advance more on the dressage test, it says we want you to counter canter. So we want you to counter canter, we want you to have the left lead, but we want you to go right. I know, it gets confusing. So when you start riding elementary, medium, advanced, there becomes no right or wrong canter lead. There just becomes, do you want the left one or do you want the right one? And we start doing exercises as the horse becomes more advanced. And, you know, we might trot down the center line and canter left, trot, canter right, trot, canter left, trot, canter right, trot. So the horse has to learn that, yes, it's not just getting to canter now. It's when I put my body and my my legs and my, my your position in a certain position, I want canter left and... That's kind of right. And if I put my body and your body and my position in a certain position, I want canter left. But yes, we want to rise when the outside shoulder is moving forward. So um, it's the opposite. Well, it's not the opposite, but because you know, we don't want to rise in canter, but we want to see that inside shoulder and be okay that you don't know. Be okay. Have that learning experience. I used to be like, I have no idea. My coach would be like, um, same with diagonals. Are you on the correct diagonal? Yep. 
<laughs> I, now just guess, 50% of the time I'd get it right. Same with the candle lead. Are you on the correct candle lead? Yes. Or I'd be like, oh, it feels good. So it probably is the correct candle lead. And if it felt really uncomfortable and unbalanced, I assumed it was the wrong one. Um, I used to fake my way through it for years. But you're in big trouble when you then have to start to do counter canter and flying changes and you don't know if your horse has cantered, uh, changed cleanly and all those kinds of things. So um, be okay that you, you know, you weren't born knowing it and everyone else in the class might. Well, that's great. They're gifted. Good for them. You're going to have to learn it. And um, I would just sit there and I'd go, okay, um, I think it's, I think it's correct. And, the, and my, my coach would just give me that visual feedback. No, it's not. Okay, so what I think that looks like isn't what I think that looks like. So, and this is how bad my feeling used to be. I used to go, all right, I feel or I think it looks like the canter is canter left. That's probably wrong because my feeling's normally pretty wrong. So I'm going to say it's to the it's the wrong canter lead, it's the, the counter lead, and I'd be correct. So I had to really... Firstly, learn to not trust my feelings because my feelings were always wrong, um, which then led into this belief that I was the worst rider in the world and I couldn't feel anything mm -hmm. and I never knew what was happening underneath me. And then um, after doing that for so many years, I then had to rechange that belief because I was a much better rider than what I used to be. And you can't progress to Grand Prix and you can't progress to where I want to get to. Not trusting your feelings and not going with your gut and not feeling and just reacting to what you feel. So then I had to rewrite, I'm the best writer in the world, I can feel everything, I have the best feeling ever, blah, 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 blah. So very, very interesting journey. But I always do like to share, you know, it, 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 I didn't know my diagonals, I didn't know my canter. What did I? Oh, I learned this amazing um, catchphrase yesterday and I absolutely love it. Every, for every master, every master was once a disaster. <laughs> so you know isabel didn't always get a diagonal charlotte didn't always get the correct cantilever. you know every master was once a disaster brilliant 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 so that's transitions well that's trot to canter transitions and then the other thing is the canter to trot transition um most people drop the horse into canter to trot they're like all right canter and canter and canter and drop you want to float think that you're wearing a parachute you and your horse are wearing a parachute and you're going to float forward into your trot transition rather than drop and either run away in the trot or kind of like go slow and then speed up you want to know in your head what is the rhythm that i am hitting when i when i drop down here it's not can I, i'll see what trot i have and then see and then deal with it it's canter you got to be really clear with your body, with your mindset of what does my trot transition look like the minute I hit it. Um, so you really want to think about floating down and think about going forwards into it. We did this when I was on the horse, you know, especially trot walk transitions. People go trot, halt, walk because they're using too much rain and too much backwards tell the horse you want to walk then relinquish your reins and ride it so you ride the transition forward because as you tell the horse to walk it's a process so as the horse floats down into walk if you already ride the walk forward he's going to yeah transition trot forward walk rather than have that halting step 
how do you keep them from going too fast when transitioning from canter to trot? It's really about using your core, your body. So canter, trot, trot, trot. And you might, if it's a horse that's going to fall on four hands, if, it, if it's a young horse, if it's a horse that's trained to, you know, hasn't been trained to sit on his hind leg through the transition, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to sit on his hind leg and you're going to have to do a million half halts through the transition and when you land in that transition to keep the weight on the hind leg if that makes sense so transition to halt same thing as you as you've got the halt soften your reins so and and this is a teaching thing you want to teach your horse to um stay in halt without anything um so soften your reins and then just tiny little lower fingers tiny little lower fingers to say hey i'm here i'm here don't go anywhere but i'm here nothing with your wrists nothing with a backwards thing just a hey we're going to stay here and the horse if the horse reins back just ride him forward again and halt and halt train your horses i think you've seen it on a video like it's, it's a training thing you've just got to train them to be okay pat them talk to them tell them it's okay get them used to standing there two seconds then ride forward and tell them what a great horse they were then three seconds then four seconds then five seconds and build it up if you enjoyed today's episode i would love to invite you to a free dressage class that i am running on this free training, you will learn the reason why most riders don't have progress and don't succeed. You're going to learn the secrets that we use so you can progress faster and easier than you ever dreamed possible. You'll also learn how to ensure you get riding results on any horse, no matter the breed and age. Learn the fastest and easiest method to fast track your riding to become the best rider you can possibly be. And the number one thing you have to make sure you've got to progress and get dressage results. So go to www.dressagemastery.com backslash training secrets to claim a spot in my free class now. Oh, sorry, make sure you've hit subscribe so you'll never miss a podcast episode. And I can't wait to enjoy and spend more time with you on our next podcast.